Welcome to this week's message from Crosspoint Community Church. You can find us on the web at crosspointonline.org. There, you can find links to our social media accounts. Led by Pastor Mike Deese, we meet every Sunday at 11 a.m. in Roswell, Georgia. Now presenting this week's message. Welcome to Daniel Plan. As Pastor Mike said, we are in week four, and week four, the focus is focus. Can somebody say focus? Focus. And the focus with that, the whole the whole idea is that is, is on prayer. It's on prayer and believing God to do what only God can do. And uh, so that's my that's my encouragement for you this morning. That's my hope for you this morning is to encourage you in your faith and to stir up some faith in your life that maybe has gone a little dry and to remind you that God is still able and God is still good. Amen. Amen. I got one. Amen. Amen. And praise God. There we go. We are awake. OK, so how many of you know somebody that has just. Awesome, awesome faith just in God. Steadfast, strong faith in Christ. Somebody knows somebody like that, has strong faith. You just know that person is going to believe God's every word. They're going to believe God is who he says he is and that he will do the very thing he said he's going to do. And I, I love those people. And I know you love those people, too. They're just so awesome to be around, right? Because how many of you know sometimes we don't have the faith to believe God in our own situations, right? We don't have the faith to believe God and having those people around us is so cool because they get to breathe life and they, can, they get to speak faith into our own situations when we can't, when our, faith, when our faith is weak. So the Apostle Paul mentions about faith. He talks about how uh, not to think of ourselves highly than we ought to because God has given all of us a measure of faith. God has given all of us a portion of faith. Right. And sometimes it feels like those people who believe Christ for everything, like God just took an entire bucket of faith and just dumped it on them. And they just believe God for everything as a child. At the same time, I don't know if you remember the story where Jesus commissions his disciples and he tells them to go out and he gives them authority. And they go out and they're, they're in God's power. They wanted to do great things. And they try to cast this demon out of the sky and they couldn't do it. And they come back to Jesus and they're a little confused and disappointed. And they say, Jesus, we couldn't cast the demon out of this guy. What happened? And I don't know if you remember, Jesus says, you have little faith. If only you have faith the size of a mustard seed. You will say to this mountain, move, and it will be moved. And nothing will be impossible for you. So on one hand, God has given each of us a different measure of faith for his purposes, for his glory. At the same time, I believe the, the, the playing field is leveled. Because all we need is to have faith the size of a mustard seed to say and believe in God to do impossible things, right? So that's either that's either a a sick joke that God is playing that He's trying to say, "Gotcha, yeah, you tried to believe in me, it didn't really work." It's either a sick joke, it's either a cute little analogy, or we don't really believe the God of the universe, or we don't really know who He is. For Him to say nothing will be impossible for us. And I refuse to believe that God is playing some sick joke. I, I refuse to believe that. I want to believe that God is who he says he is. And if he says nothing will be impossible for us, he said it for a reason. Amen. 
And so that's the faith that I believe that we see in, in our lives. We've seen it in the Bible, and, and it could be here, right here in this church. It could be true in your life to where you believe God for everything as a child believes, right? And I don't know, you may say, okay, the mountain that God was referring to, you say to the mountain, move, and it'll be moved. You might say that mountain God was talking about, Jesus was talking about, is, a, is some obstacle we can't overcome, something too large for us to do with only faith in God, then we can overcome this mountain. We can say this mountain, move. And I would agree with you. I would agree with you that that's true. At the same time, when you look at some of our brothers and sisters in Christ in the Bible and what they accomplished by having faith in him, moving a mountain is not that far off. It's not that far off. Okay? And I'm not saying, if I see you guys at Kennesaw Mountain trying to cast, you know, okay, we're praying according to God's will, all right? What I'm saying is, God used these men and women of God to do amazing things. You guys remember Joshua? And what he did when he was in battle, and he asked the Lord for the sun to stand still. What? The audacity to pray a prayer for God to allow the sun to stop moving or whatever you believe in that. Either way, they had more time. They had more time to win the battle. They had more sun. And Joshua had the braveness, the audacity, the bold prayer to believe that God can stop the sun for him because he is his child. What about David running towards a nine-foot giant with a slingshot? The bravery, the boldness, right, that he has to do that, to accomplish that. What about Peter stepping out of a boat onto water? Okay, let me just clarify. We all know what the ocean is, right? We, everybody's aware on the same page. We understand that if you are on a boat, you typically don't. You just, you just don't, right? We all know that you will not be standing this will be one of those times where a message goes across the screen. Don't try this at home, okay? We understand that. We get that. We're on the same page. But he had the faith to step out of the boat onto water. And all that Jesus told him was, come. He said, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come. And he said, come. Peter walked out in water from one word of God that he said. The faith that these people had. And I, I'm here just to encourage you, to remind you that that God still is here today. He is still alive and well. He's the same God today, yesterday, and forever. And whatever situation you're in, I want you to know that God is faithful. And he can do beyond what we can even think or ask. Amen? Because we all know stress, you know, life has a way of just kind of stressing us out. How many of you, maybe you've stressed out this morning? Anybody? Can we be a little truthful? Yeah. Even this morning, my gosh, it is Sunday. This is the Lord's day. This is the Lord. This is the day the Lord God has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. But sometimes we don't feel like rejoicing because the kids won't keep quiet. Just let me drive. Don't sit, right? Life has a way of just kind of sucking the faith out of us with struggles, with temptation, with drama, with work. With family. Not to mention, I was listening to this podcast. This guy was talking about uh, all of us subconsciously feel the weight and burden of all the evilness that's happening in our world. We subconsciously take that weight on of all the, the sin and the corruption that's in our world on top of our own struggles, on top of what we're already facing. So life has a way of just sucking it out. But God wants his seed to remain, that seed of faith, that you believe him regardless of what you're going through. And, you know, what happens is when we when we start to when that life kind of put pressure on us, we start to operate out of our own strength. We operate out of our own strength, our own understanding. But God does not want you to operate on your own strength. Amen. 
He wants you to operate in the power that is available to you today. Today. So there's a connection between power and faith. You remember when Jesus went to his hometown and he tried to perform miracles? And he couldn't because of the lack of the lack of faith. So there's a connection between God's power and the faith we have in him to do what only he can do. So God couldn't perform miracles in his hometown. You know, Pastor Mike always says familiarity breeds contentment. I had a wrong word, but thank you guys. <laughs> I thought it was delusion. What's the other word you say? Delu- what is yeah, but it's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Sorry, on the spot. So contempt, right? And I also believe familiarity also breeds lack of faith. We sometimes get familiar with this God who we, some of us have grew up listening to, singing Bible stories about. And we get familiar, but God is an all-powerful God, and we're going to just talk about this. And I just want to, my, my hope is just to encourage you in your faith to know that we serve an almighty God, Amen. We serve an awesome, powerful Father who loves us. And so, join me in prayer as we get started this morning. Father, you are amazing. God, there is none like you. There is none like you in all the earth. You alone are worthy, Father, of all of our praise and adoration. Father, you are here with us right now. Thank you for your sweet, kind spirit. Thank you for the love you have in your heart. Thank you that you are rich in mercy, God. Thank you, Father, for your sons and daughters that are here this morning. I pray that you would fill them with your love and joy and peace and that we would be confident again. We would regain confidence in you that you are our Father who is in control and all-powerful. Father, we love you and we give this time to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Turn with me, please, to James uh, chapter 5, verse 16. Okay. It says, therefore, remember what Pastor Mike said. I got this one right, Pastor. Therefore, remember when we see the word therefore, we got to see why it is therefore. Booyah, you guys are awesome. Therefore, confess your sins. So James, before this, is talking about prayer. Before this, and he's talking about if anybody is sick among you, gather the elders and pray for him and grab anointed oil, put it on him and pray. And, and the prayer offered in faith has a power to heal someone. And he's t- so the, he's given us some guidelines what to do when somebody is sick among us. Then he goes on to say, therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person, you and I, is powerful and effective. And he goes on to say, Elijah was a human being. Elijah, an Old Testament prophet, was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. What I love about what James is saying is that he is referencing Elijah, who did amazing things for God, a prophet in the Old Testament, as a man just like we are. Right. The temptation is sometimes sometimes to think that these men and women of God are they just had it better. They just had a a better life. They just had better faith. But he was a man just like we are. If you cut him, he would bleed. He had issues like we had issues. He had pride like we had pride. He had sin issues like we have sin issues. 
But he prayed earnestly, and he believed a God who was all-powerful. He believed a God that can do all things. And so Elijah knew something that maybe we sometimes forget or that we don't know. Elijah, the reason that he would even pray for the rain to stop. He prayed for the rain to stop. So let's make sure we're on the same page again. Everybody knows what rain is, right? We all know rain comes from the sky, and God is in control of the rain coming down. And so the boldness to pray for the rain to stop, this was Elijah. And so Elijah knew something. He knew the power of God. So my first encouragement to you this morning is to remember who you're talking to. Remember who you are talking to and with. Look to your neighbor and say, do you know who you're talking to? Okay, now don't get into a fight. If that's your spouse, take it easy. You can take it out after church. Okay, so we, we have to remember who we're talking to. You know, it could become routine. It could become mundane. Week by week, we come to church, we sing songs, we have small group, we do a day and plan. I get it. It could become so mundane. It could, it could become familiar. And remember what happened to Jesus. Jesus, this is the son of God. He couldn't perform miracles because of the lack of faith. Right? Let that not be us. Let us be so encouraged by the God who, who reigns in heaven. Amen? The God who is seated. The Bible tells us right now he is seated on the throne and he is surrounded by flashes of lightning and, and roaring thunder. You guys remember that thunderstorm that went off a couple uh, weeks ago? Remember that? It was loud. It was just like a rainstorm. Anybody remember that? And I remember waking up in the morning from like the, the thunder it was so loud. It was so loud. And then seeing the lightning just come through and it just penetrates the darkness. And then you see like the, it's, the light spreads from the lightning for miles. It's so awesome. That's our God and that is surrounding his throne right now. That's the God we serve. The Bible tells us that uh, he holds, that he spoke the universe. And he's, he's holding the universe by the word of his power. He holds the universe by the word of his power. I got you guys remember the song. He's got the whole world in his hands. Yes, and he spoke it. He spoke that world, and it is. He spoke it, and it was. He spoke it, and it still is. This is the God we serve. His, his words are so powerful, and around him is power. The Bible says he has a voice as it sounds like many rushing waters in Revelation. How many of you have ever been to a Niagara Falls or been to a waterfall before? Right? One time we went to Niagara Falls a um, couple, a few months back, or maybe last year, and I remember getting on the ship and, you know, going towards the fall, and uh, you can just see and hear the waterfall gushing. It was so loud, it's almost deafening. You can't even hear the person next to you of how loud it is. Just imagine that power, right? His voice is like the sound of many rushing waters. The Bible says his face shines like the sun, and he dwells in unapproachable light. Unapproachable light. That's how powerful our God is. So I just want to remind you of who we're speaking to, you know, because life can be so, we can get so familiar with life and who God is that we miss out on the miracle that is there for us. We miss out on the blessing that God has, and he is absolutely always faithful. Amen? Read with me uh, in Job. I think this is pretty cool. So Job has an encounter with God, and uh, Job... He, he lost everything. Job lost everything, his family, 
He lost his uh, his livestock. He lost he lost his way of living. He lost everything. He even had like sores from the top of his head to his feet. He just was he was a mess. And God had to remind him that he is God. No matter what he's going through, he is still God and he is in control. And so this is the message version of what this is uh, God's response after all of Job's friends tried to tell him what was what they thought was wrong. Right. And then finally, God talks to him. By the way, God is talking to Job out of a whirlwind. Has anybody ever, anybody had a conversation with a whirlwind before? Anybody just checking? Nobody, right? Nobody. But that's the God we serve. How powerful, right? His power, his might would talk to Job out of a whirlwind. He said, can you find your way, this is God speaking, to where lightning is launched or to the place from which the wind blows? Who do you suppose carves canyons from the downpours of rain and charts the route, the route of thunderstorms that bring water to unvisited fields? Deserts no one ever lays eyes on. And he continues on to the next verse and says, drenching the useless wastelands so they're carpeted with wildflowers and grass. And who do you think is a father of rain and dew? From whom, from who, from whose womb come the ice and the frost of heaven who has given it birth? You don't for a minute imagine these marvels of weather just happen, do you? That's the last couple of verses here. Can you get the attention of the clouds and commission a shower of rain? Can you take charge of the lightning bolts and have them report to you for orders? So here God is describing how powerful he is and how he commands the rain. He commands the lightning. And he goes on, he talks about animals and all the things he's made. And then here we have somebody like Elijah, a person like us, or Joshua, commanding the sun to stand still, what God has created in partnership of faith, believing that God can do anything because he is all-powerful. Amen? Amen? If that doesn't get you fired up about the God you serve, we're going to have to have a conversation after this message, okay? God is all-powerful. He is beautiful. He is righteous, and he's here today. Right. So not only is God so powerful and, and creative and infinite, the God we serve is our father. He is my dad. He's your dad. And he's in love with you. He's our father. And, you know, it makes me it's when I think about it, how infinite he is, how powerful he really is. And that he commands lightning bolts that will wake me up in the morning. And he commands these things to think about the depths of his heart. If his mind is that infinite, if his, if his thoughts, if his ways, if his creative hands, if his hands are that strong, think about the depthness and the deepness of his heart towards us. This, let's uh, look at Isaiah, see what it says. Isaiah 64 says, But now, O Lord, you are our father, we are the clay, and you are potter. We are the, all the work of your hand. We are the work of his hand. He is our father. He created us, and he created us not so that we can live our lives in fear, but he created us so that we can believe in him, that he is the God of the universe. Amen? And so James is saying that Elijah was a man just like us, you know, to take off that temptation to think that he's just, Elijah's just out there and he was one of those great guys, but we can have a faith. Jesus said in his word, nothing will be impossible for you. And so Elijah had to know how powerful his God was in order to pray. And he knew that God could handle his prayers. 
So my second encouragement for you this morning is to pray for the impossible. Pray for the impossible. Pray for God to do something impossible in your life. And you know, that sounds very, that sounds very Christianese, right? You've heard that before, Christianese, church language? That sounds very Christianese. Pray for the impossible God. And he's either God or he isn't. He's either to come through or he's not. Pray for the impossible. These men and women had an understanding that God was way beyond their small way of thinking, but that his mind goes outside and that God is outside of the limits of time. Pray for the impossible. You know, like I said, the life, sin, this world has a way of crushing our understanding and crushing our faith so that we don't believe in God and who he says he is. He said nothing will be impossible for us. It's either a cute little phrase he's given us or it's life. And it could be faith for you this morning. Pray for the impossible. Jesus models how we can pray for the impossible in a time of need. We read together Matthew 14. Together, it says, as evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. So God had something in store. The disciples were not aware what was in store, but God had something in store for not only the disciples, but everyone around. God has something in store for all of us this morning. God has something in store. He is full of, of mercy. He is full of power. Jesus replied, they don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. Why does Jesus say that? Why does he tell the disciples to give them something to eat? Why does he do that? Why does he not just say, you know what? If I snap my finger really quick, back in the day, my dad would drop down a ton of bread on the Israelites. I can let it happen today. If you guys want some bread, if you want, if you want bread, let's say, yeah. Snaps his finger, bread comes down. He could have easily done that, right? But he says to the disciples, you give them something to eat. Jesus is including the disciples in a miracle that's about to partake. Jesus is including them in his power that's about to happen. And God wants to include you. He knows where your faith is, but he's, he's inviting you to trust him. He's inviting you to believe in him and his power. And they said, we have only here five loaves of bread and two fish. That's all we have. That's all we have, Jesus. They answered, bring them here to me. Again, he's telling them, hey, you are a part of this. What's about to happen? Bring them to me. Bring them to me. Bring what you have to the Lord. He knows what you have. Bring it to him, he said. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. I love that picture so much. I love it. What a, a picture of how God operates and how we can operate with him. You know, believing God to do the impossible is not a transaction. It's not, okay, I believe you, button, God, do what you got to do. It's a relational. It's partnership. He's inviting us to believe in him. Give me what you have. Then I'm going to pray to my father. I'm going to thank my father because I know who my dad is. I know he's all powerful and I know he's faithful. 
And then he broke, he gave thanks, broke it, and gave it back to them. And they're receiving what they thought never was possible. So they're getting back what they didn't think was even possible because they trusted in him. They brought what they had to the Lord. And the disciples gave them to the people, and they all ate and were satisfied. I love that word, satisfied. Satisfaction. Where does satisfaction come from? How do we get it? How do we become satisfied people when we trust in the Lord with all of our heart and lean not on our own understanding, but in all of our ways acknowledge him and he will direct our path. When we trust Jesus to do what only Jesus can do, they were satisfied. And some of us have not been satisfied for a very long time. We have not been content. And God knows the wrestling. God understands the struggle. He wants you to be satisfied as his child, as his daughter, as his son, knowing that he is your Abba. I love, I love when, when Nick prays. He always says, Abba, precious Abba. It's just a beautiful understanding of who his dad is. You know, and I believe even us praying, even us asking God to do the impossible, I believe that in itself is an act of faith. I believe us asking God to do what we know only God can do is an act of faith in itself. The same way that Peter, you know, the first act of faith was hopping out of that boat. And then he was able to walk. But he hopped out of the boat. Even that, that first step. So I believe you and I can ask God, do the impossible, Lord. Do what only you can do. And so um, this next step, after we have remembered who we're talking to, who we're talking with, our Abba Father who is holy, who is righteous, who stands alone, who has no beginning, who has no end, and we pray the impossible, God, do what only you can do. This next step is crucial, and this is pray again. Pray again. Pray again to the King of Kings. Let's look again one more time what Elijah did here. It said, Elijah was a human being even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crop, its crops. He prayed earnestly. Guess who doesn't want you to pray earnestly? The accuser of the brethren? The father of lies? Satan? He does not want you to pray earnestly. He wants you to give up. Give up hope. Give up hope. He wants you to just throw in the towel and live a life of fear and doubt and regret. He wants you to stop believing in your father who holds the entire universe by the word of his power. That God. Imagine if we started praying with that God in mind, that my dad, you know how little kids, right? They just, they know, they know, they know it. They don't believe it. They know their father can do anything, right? They know that that can do anything. And they hold on to his arms and he's picking them up and they're just thinking, my dad is the strongest man on planet earth. Imagine if we had faith like that. But guess who? The accuser of the brethren is walking around trying to sow seeds of doubt and fear in our minds that it's not possible. You shouldn't believe. But God, who is all-powerful, 
is wanting to fill you with his faith so you can believe in him and watch what watch him do the impossible. One example, you know, and one thing I'm learning about Jesus is that he doesn't tolerate fear. Jesus does not tolerate fear. And I personally, I hate fear. I hate it for myself and I hate it for all of us because I believe it is it harms us. It keeps us. It steals. It robs us from the joy and the abundant life that God is calling us to. I hate fear. I get fearful in my own life of many things. And they come in the form of lies. They try to rob me from the life that God has. I hate fear. And God, and God hates it too because it doesn't come from him. He has no fear in his heart. It does, fear does not exist in the throne room of heaven. It comes from the accuser of the brethren. And Jesus does not tolerate it. And he doesn't want to tolerate it in your own life. For example, like we talked about Peter walking on water. You know the story he finally gets to walk on water. He's walking. Peter looks at his circumstances, life around him. He's looking at the finances. He's looking at the kids who are going wayward. He's looking at the stress of life, and he falls down to the, in, in, in the water. But Jesus is there to catch him, and he picks him up. And I hope they finish this conversation on the boat. But he picks him up and immediately starts talking to him. I hope he took Peter. Okay, good job, buddy. <laughs> Put him back on the boat. And they didn't just have this conversation on the water. right? But Jesus then tells him, you have little faith. You Why did you doubt me? God, you talking about me? He thought, I was just, I remember I was just walking on the water with. He has no tolerance for fear. God hates fear. Because he knows fear cripples. It disables. It steals. At that moment when Peter's walking on water, God had to remind him, hey, don't fear. I was here the whole time. Keep your eyes on me. Keep your eyes on me. I understand there's a lot going on around you. I understand that nothing is making sense right now, but keep your eyes on me, Peter. Don't fear. I'm here, and I will never leave you. He picked him up. Another example is found in Mark 4. It says, on that day when everything had come, he told them, let's cross over to the other side of the sea. So they left the crowd and took him, Jesus, along since he was in the boat. And other boats were with him. A great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking over the boat so that the boat was already being swamped. So there's water coming into this boat right now. Look at this. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping. Not only sleeping, my man was comfortable on a cushion. Okay? Come for the bull, okay? He had a cushion in the stern, right? Being the back of the boat. So they woke him up and said to him, teacher, don't you care that we're going to die? Don't you see what I'm going through right now in my life? Don't you see my surroundings? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, silence, be still. The wind ceased, and there was a great calm. One more verse here. Then he said to them, why are you afraid? Why are you afraid? And I love that. Jesus is always asking questions. He's always asking questions to get to the heart of the matter. Why are you afraid? Then it makes us have to ask ourselves, why am I afraid? Why am I afraid, Jesus? Why do I doubt you every time? Why do I doubt that you're going to come through? Why do I do that? Do you still have no faith? 
And they were terrified and asked one another, Who then is this? Even the wind and the sea obey him. Wow. We serve a God who commands the sea and the wind. He commands the sea and the wind. And he knows where we are. He knows where our faith is. And he's asking us, why are you afraid? Trust me. I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to forsake you. Jesus hates fear. I hate it too. It steals. It steals the possibility of you seeing God do awesome things in your life. God wants to do amazing things. God has so much in store for all of us. And and this world has a way of just reminding us of the stress of life. But God wants us to keep our eyes on him. So when we've we've prayed, we've, we've stepped out in faith and we prayed for the impossible, we prayed for the impossible as act of faith. We remembered who this God is. We prayed. We prayed again. The next thing is to expect God to show up. Expect God to show up. You might say that's a little bold. Or is it? Expect God to show up. He is a, a man that he cannot lie. There is nothing impossible for the Lord. Faith the size of a mustard seed. You will say to this mountain, be moved, and it will be moved. God wants you to push past the fear, the doubt, the worry through your prayers. Pray. Remind yourself of who he is, who you're really talking to. This is not an obligation to pray, but this is an opportunity to see who God is. Uh, so I'm reading this book, and uh, the author was uh, used to be a counselor, and um, he had a client that came into his office and um, was telling him about his childhood and how he grew up. And uh, the client was telling him that he would, uh, his dad would come home, or he would leave early in the morning, and then he would come home after work just in time for dinner. And then after dinner, he would go up to his office, kind of seclude himself, and watch or do work or whatever. And the son would come from downstairs to go up and uh, be outside of the front door or the door of his father where he is, outside of his office, and he would write notes on a card and pass it underneath the door, hoping that his father would reply to him, and he never did. I hope that is not us. I hope that's not me, that we think our God is too busy He's too busy. He's occupied with other things for me. I know he cares. I know he cares, but, and then Satan wants to whisper that lie. He doesn't really, doesn't really care. Because if he did, that's not the God we serve who is too busy to relate to us, too busy to come to our aid. We serve a God who is not only a God, but our Father, our Father who knows us, who created us uniquely with giftings, personalities, eye color, size, for his purposes, 
We are the works of his hand. And he is asking us, don't be afraid. Trust me. Will you trust me? As we come to a close, what I'm learning about who God is, and as I'm like reading through the Bible, when you see through Scripture, the more you trust God, when you trust God, He will lead you to places you didn't think you would be in. The more you trust God, He will lead you into situations and to be in environments you never thought would be possible. For instance, Peter trusts God to the point where he was walking on water and fell, but God showed up. Daniel trusted and believed God to the point where he was in the den with lions, hungry lions, had the ability to eat him. I don't know if you've ever had the feeling of a near-death experience, but it's not fun. In the den of lions, but God showed up. Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, they trusted God to the point where they were in a a fiery furnace, but God showed up. We can expect God to show up because he is a man that he should not lie. He cannot deny himself. The Bible tells us when we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Our God is our Father, He's our Abba. He is faithful. And he wants to fill you with faith to believe the impossible. So my encouragement, pray for the impossible. Watch God do awesome things in your life. This is not just another hoorah message. This is the word of God. Imagine if we started praying as a body to see God do awesome things in our community, in our own lives. How it would change our perspective on who God is. And we won't pass prayers under the door anymore. But we'll open that door up and say, God, I want to talk to you. Please listen to me. As in closing, I want to read this verse to you. This verse is so awesome. It's so awesome. Now to him who is able. We can just stop there, right? Now to him who is able. God is able. Thank you, Lord. That's your dad. That's your dad we're talking about. God is able. We can just stop right there. To do exceedingly. God will do exceedingly. He will exceed your expectations. He will exceed your imagination. Abundantly. Not just that. Abundantly. Abundantly. Provide so much above all that we ask or think. Don't let the enemy steal your faith. Don't let him steal what God has for you. Don't let the enemy steal the, 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 the faith that you can have in Jesus. All that we think or ask, according to the power, there is power available at work in us. Thank you, Father, for that. To him be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. As an act of faith, I just want to do this with you. Um, as uh, Clay plays for us, I just want us to, um, to close our eyes and just lift our hands as act of faith. Allow the Lord just to love on you. Allow him to love on you. Remember who you're talking to. Remember who you are serving. You are speaking to the King of kings and the Lord of lords who is able to do far more abundantly, exceedingly, beyond anything we can ask, think, or imagine.
according to that power, and it's his power. We serve a God who is in love with you. He is in love, and he has been in love. He couldn't wait for the moment where you would be born, where you would be born, so he can love on you. You were created by Abba to be loved on, and he couldn't wait for that moment to happen. He wants to bless you with faith in him, with trust in him. So, Father, as we lift our hands to you, Lord, we give you our faith, Lord. We give you what we have. We surrender our wills. We surrender our thinking. We surrender our ways. And we thank you, Father, that you are faithful and you cannot deny yourself. We thank you, Father, that you have so much in store for us, so much greatness ahead. And we thank you for the, that you can do the impossible. We thank you that our life is in your hand. And we are the work of your hands, Jesus. We praise you for that and we thank you because you are good and you remain faithful. We give you all the glory and all the praise. And we all say, amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to just pray for us in closing. Father, you're awesome. There's none like you, Jesus. What a mighty God we serve. We get to serve you, Jesus. We get to adore you. We get to lift our hands in this place. We get to glorify your name. Father, I pray that you would continue to show us how to trust you in all of life's circumstances. We give you the praise, Father, and we give you the glory. It's your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Crosspoint Community Church. You can find us on the web at crosspointonline.org. There, you'll find links to our social media accounts. We gather every Sunday at 11 a.m. in Roswell, Georgia. Tune in next week.